This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today we're going to discuss Jalen Hurts' upside as a passer, more O-line changes, and we will preview the matchup against the Cardinals. Chris, how are you feeling today? You staying safe? Yeah, I'm definitely fine. I'm happy we actually got the first note. It's been a while seeing this thing on the ground, man. How about you? Uh, it's been cool. I got to play a little bit with my kid outside, and I think this is the first major snow he's had since we since he was born, and... Because, like, last year, if you remember, in our area, it didn't really snow that much. Um, so that's been kind of cool. But, you know, daycare was canceled and my wife didn't want to drive. So she called in to work. You know, it's this whole thing. So, but, you know, this is a victory week. Uh, and the Eagles, while everybody wants to rule them out, Seem seem to have everything going their way. The Cardinals are a beatable team. I mean, it's not a great matchup for them, but it's also not a bad one either. Um, we both have the game being relatively close. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, if the Redskins lose to the Seahawks on Sunday and the Giants lose to the Browns and the Eagles beat the Cardinals, this is kind of like a, you know, all setting up for a, Winners take all week 17 matchup against Washington. Um, I just don't know if there's going to be that much optimism after this weekend. Uh, but, you know, right now it, it's kind of cool to see fans a little bit more energized. Where, where's your outlook on this season for the next three games? I mean, right now it's it's a it's a weird mixture. I think we've been – we're at a weird mixture now of you, you kind of have to look at seeing some of the pieces that you have, but you also kind of want to go ahead and you want to make sure that you're trying to go ahead and win, obviously be in the game, but you want to try to make sure you go to win, win the game. And with that carrot of the division that's still sitting out there, you definitely have to go ahead and look as it as a possibility of, Hey, you know what? This could, this could be a thing. So it, I'm still on the, on the side of you have to go ahead and try to go for a division just I because you set the whole entire way of getting the fi- getting the fan base involved and you also have to, you also set those winning ways as well too, for your young players. And you set a good precedent by going ahead and going for division. So I think that's, what's the important thing about where, where are you at? Well, I think Jason Kelsey said it uh, the other day, you know, the purpose of playing in this league is to win games. It's not to look at the future. And, you know, there are guys like Jason Kelsey and guys like Lane Johnson and Jason Peters and, um, 
you know, Darius Slay who are nearing the end of their careers and want to reap the benefits of it. Obviously, Jason Peters and Lane Johnson are shut down for the season, but this is a team that, you know, for all their faults, they're still in this division race. And look, what they need to do is they need to win out to ensure that. Um, now, if Washington beats uh, Seattle without Alex Smith, then the optimism changes, right? Because then it's then it's basically a foregone conclusion, unless the Redskins lose out after that, that they're going to win the division. It, this is, look, this is not an easy uh, situation for the Eagles to be in. There's gonna, they're going to need some help. They're one and a half games back. But I think, you know, that tie in week three looms large. The Eagles look to try to win this division. And look, we've been through this. It, we've we've seen this act before. You know, the Eagles will be mediocre for ten to twelve weeks, and then turn on the Jets and moonwalk into the the playoffs. I, I mean, I think it's possible, however unlikely that that we're talking about this team potentially playing a, a playoff esque game in Week Seventeen against Washington. Uh, the Giants are going to be without Daniel Jones this week. Um, offensive coordinator Jason Garrett's on the COVID list. So is James Bradbury. That's a tough pill to swallow when, you, when you're when you facing the Browns, who put up 42 points uh, on Monday uh, and gave us one of the best games that we've ever seen um, on Monday Night Football. So I guess getting into this, the Eagles will go as far as the defense and Jalen Hurts carries them. Do you agree with that statement? I think it's not just uh, Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is a big part of it, but I think it's more of how this – I think it is more going to be the defense. It really is going to be the defense itself. I mean, the offense is just going to have to play well enough or at a steady enough level and have to let the defense go ahead and and go ahead and carry them. It's almost going to have to be like the Eagles are a defensive team, a defensive team, minded team, in that you go ahead and you're going to just keep your focus on running the ball and then go ahead and – Say hey, you know what? All right, defense, go ahead and make sure you only limit us to limit the opposition to twenty points, and then go from there. That's why I think this team is that, and it's going to be interesting to see how this defense rises. I mean, there, there's a lot more veterans on that defensive side of the ball right now, and they've been through a lot of this stuff. I mean, uh, you, you've got guys like Brandon Graham who was there, Fletcher Cox. I mean, even Derek Barnett now, where he's at. I think these guys have seen a lot of this stuff. They know what it takes and they're going to, the Eagles are going to have to go ahead and lean on guys like that to go ahead and carry them over. If they even want to have a shot, the offense, there's, there's so many changing parts on that side of the ball, excuse me, especially at the quarterback position. So it's going to be have to one, one of those things. If the Eagles want to have a legitimate shot and not only winning on Sunday against us, the Cardinals, but also go try and contend for this division. It's going to, all the pressure in my opinion is going to have to lay on this defense. Well, and I, I think you're seeing some young guys still emerge too. Uh, some new guys emerge in, in Josh Sweat, who's been here for three years, but is really accelerating. Um, Javon Hargrave, who was brought in. It seems like Darius Lay has a new injury every week, but he's still game to play. Um, he's He was held out of practice due to the concussion protocol on Wednesday. Clearly made enough progress to practice limited on Thursday, which is a good sign. They really need him in this game because DeAndre Hopkins is a beast. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But um, 
my concern is the secondary, which lost its most notable veteran leader in uh, Rodney McLeod against the Saints. Um, look, they're going to have to make some really big decisions in that secondary. You've got a guy like uh, Kevon Seymour, who was working at a tire shop last year, as opposed to playing in the NFL, and he might actually start outside at corner. So uh, that's a that's a tough one. So let's talk about Jalen Hurts as a passer. Um, because there's this narrative out there that he needs to be more of a passer than a runner moving forward. And I don't buy that at all. Um, in fact, I think that take is absolutely garbage. Uh, does he have to be more proficient as a passer? Sure. But the way he is dynamic is you using the RPO game, using the running game, being able to take off and move around the pocket. Um, that's what makes him different than Carson Wentz from an athletic standpoint, from a uh, strength standpoint. I, I don't really see Jalen Hurts ever being a guy who's going to throw 40 passes in a game and be uber successful just being a pocket passer. This isn't a situation where he has the arm strength of Nick Foles or Donovan McNabb or, or Carson Wentz. He's a guy that needs to throw on the move. He needs to move around the pocket. He needs to use his fearlessness to pick up uh, extra yards. I, I Look, if, if he's throwing 25 passes a game, probably means the Eagles are winning. If he's throwing 30 passes a game, probably means the Eagles are in a tight one, might win, might not. If he's throwing upwards of 38 to 40 passes, this team is coming from behind and it's not looking good. Uh, I, I just, I don't buy the narrative that he needs to be more of a passer than a runner. I think that that's kind of a lazy take. He's a guy who, who avoids contact pretty well. He knows how to get around on the field. He's got very good vision and awareness. He seems absolutely fearless, but with that fearlessness comes uh, poise. And I think the poise allows him to kind of be in the moment and know where to go with the football. Are you concerned about him as a run, as being too run heavy? See, I don't think it's a lazy take. I think it's a legitimate thing to worry about because as long as he, I'm not saying that the Eagles have to go back to the whole 45, 50 yard, 50 pass attempt games that they have. But in order to go ahead schematically and go ahead and not have these safe opposing safeties sitting in the box, that could potentially go ahead and 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 shut down your and affect your run game. Now, I think he has to. You have to go ahead and efficiently use him. I think a good sweet spot for him would be the thirty passes a thirty passes a game because I think that way and, and not just the thirty passes where they're about five ten yards around the line of scrimmage, they're going to have to go ahead and take a couple shots down the field and in order just to go ahead and loosen things up because we've seen what happens with this Eagles offense when teams start to not really respect any of the wide receivers or, or the tight ends and everything. The safeties come down within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage, and the next thing you know, the run game's all bottled up. And then next, and also you go ahead and those screen passes and those little slants aren't as effective because everybody's so close to box in. I wouldn't mind seeing 30, 35 passes out of Jalen Hurts in this game against the Cardinals to go ahead and establish, hey, you know what? And, and with with that caveat, that five of those shots be of twenty yards or more to go ahead and go. Hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and attack down the field. You're not going to go ahead and sit around the line of scrimmage, and we're not going to go ahead and try to let you beat you just with our legs. The more dynamic he becomes as a passer, the more potent and dangerous this offense can become. So I I full 
I truly do believe that this the offense has to be better with him as a quarterback. So if not, it's just going to be it could be real. It can get real stagnant really quick. So to me, that's a different take. That's that's a play calling situation. I don't think to me it, it's Doug Peterson saying, "Hey, I'm going to dial up these deep plays." That's not Jalen having to be more efficient as a passer. Uh, you know, yes. Does he need to, he, does, do we want to see him have a 60% completion rating? Yes. But I think, you know, that, that 30 spot is, is where I feel comfortable. Um, but I think to say that he needs to be more of a passer than a runner takes away what makes him special. Like he should be running 10 times a game. Kyler Murray runs t- eight to 12 times a game. Like Lamar Jackson runs at least a dozen times a game. Like that's what makes them special. I I think if you're expecting him to be a pocket passer, then you're one, you drafted the wrong kid Two, um, you're not playing to his strengths. And look, I think there were things that Doug did really well in that game against the saints. There's times where I felt like Jalen hurts kind of bailed him out, but this if you, if this team's going to be a defensive oriented team, they need to run the ball effectively. And I don't think that Miles Sanders is a guy who's going to be completely bottled up. I also think I also view the running game, uh, the screen game, as part of the running game, and I think that's something that they can really take advantage, especially if Jalen Hurts is able to be a little bit more accurate with those shorter throws to Miles Sanders, to Boston Scott, and pick up yardage that way. Um, I have no problem with him throwing short passes. That doesn't bother me. Yes. Should he take a couple of shots a game? Yeah, but he did take a couple of shots against the Saints. They weren't all very accurate, but I think he needs to be more accurate and more uh, proficient deep. I don't think he needs to be more. I'm trying to think of a way to explain this. I don't think he really needs to change his his short to intermediate game if you want to say that he needs to be a little bit more proficient down the field sure but every quarterback needs to be uh i just don't think maybe it's not a lazy take i just think it's like a blanket statement cool he's a quarterback yeah he he needs to be a better passer but i don't think that you need to favor his his tech like i don't think you need to favor his arm over his legs is basically my point it's got, he. I think it's gonna be more of a sweet spot because even though I look at Lamar guys like Lamar Jackson and, and Kyle Murray, yeah, they can be really, really proficient. They can really run around. I, I, if best way to do it, I hope he develops into the guy he molds himself and try to model himself after me, which is Russell Wilson. Because I think a lot of times he Russell, I think after a little bit of time, he was able to go ahead and decide, hey, you know what, I can still use my legs, but you know what, I can go ahead and instead of getting 10 yards and potentially either having to take a hit or slide, I can go ahead and try to get, if I move around just a little bit more, I can go ahead and go down the field and get another 15 additional 20 yards from where I would be running to try to throw the ball as well too. It's, I, I have no problem with, if they roll them out, no problem at all. Like there's the regular rollout bootlegs, something like that for it to, for him to pass first. I have no problem with that whatsoever. If there really is nothing open down the field, I have no problem with him running as well too. I just think if he finds and, and that's going to come with experience. But if he finds a way to go ahead and goes and, and is able to determine, hey, you know what, this is a good spot to go ahead and throw the ball 
instead of just, hey, I'm just going to take off. One one reason not there, second reason not there, I'm just going to run now since he's starting to get more and more experience. That's going to be, I think, what beneficial not only for his offense in the short term, but as his development in the long term as a quarterback and for this, if he becomes the guy for the future, I think it's going to just benefit their things long term with them. Yeah, but I don't think you can transition a guy to – become that type of passer overnight like yes down the road if you don't see progress from him as a passer there's a problem but like I think where he's at right now yes he needs to be better but the way he's getting the ball out quickly the the, how decisive he is I think that that's something to really kind of hone in on and I think well defenses are definitely going to adapt uh look how dangerous Miles Sanders was when you had to respect the quarterback and his ability to run um, two of his uh, three seventy yard runs have come with Jalen hurts on the field. He is a distraction. He makes the running game better. Uh, and I don't think that alienating his, his special gift as a runner is really going to benefit you. You don't want him throwing the ball a ton, but you also don't want him on a pitch count. I think he just needs to go with the flow. I don't think there's needs to be a directive here. If that makes sense. It does. I just, it, it, it's. I, I get what you're saying on that one. Is I just think when you look at what and and you're right. He does make he does make things difficult on defenses when he's running. But I think over time you'll start to see if they're going to consistently go ahead and use that read option as a main as a main catalyst to try to move the ball down a field or to try to stymie some of these defenses. It's going to get caught up eventually. It, the defense is going to eventually catch, catch up, and then. The, then you go to the whole thing. If they're going to have a spy, are they going to start spying with a uh, defensive back instead of just throwing a defensive end like the uh, Saints did at one point? So I, it's going to have to come down to uh, it's good for the short term. If he's able to go ahead and run it, it's going to be okay, fine with the running game. But the defenses are going to eventually, and for all we know, it could be next week that these defenses are going to go ahead and catch up and start trying to play a little bit better. And they're going to make them prove that, hey, you know what? You're going to go ahead and find, be not only be patient to find the holes in the zones when, when they're open, but you're also going to have to be accurate and be a better thrower. And I think that's what he's going to have to go ahead and get acclimated to do in the long And even if it's now, not even just long-term, but now in order to make this offense go. All right. Well, here, here's that segues into my next point. Um, so there's a problem with having him sit back there and pass the football. His name is Matt Pryor. He will be playing right tackle <laughs> uh, on Sunday against the Cardinals. Uh, there are people in that building that don't think he's athletic enough to play right tackle. And he's st- yet he's still playing right tackle. Um, that's a problem. Uh, so I'd imagine they try to move Jalen Hurts out to the left as much as possible. This will be the 13th offensive line starting group in 14 games. Not ideal, especially when Hassan Reddick is coming off a five sack performance against the Giants. Uh, and he mostly attacked from the right side. What in the world uh, is going on here? Jack Driscoll uh, injured his MCL early in the game against the Saints and played through it. Jason Kelsey said he couldn't believe he played through it. Uh, Lane Johnson singing his praises. Um, where are you at with this O-line right now? And do you think Matt Pryor's the right or only choice uh, for the Eagles at this point? This O-line is... I'll say this. Stoutland deserves the money he's getting this year so far because that is a whole lot of shuffling and a whole lot of coaching up he's doing. I 
feel like the left side of the line, I got no problems with it. The right side, Herbig played better, so I'd, I'd have no problem with that. It's Pryor's not a, a right tackle. He's more of an interior guy. He, he really is footwork. He still needs a lot of footwork to go on. And at this point, I don't even think he's going to do that. And the fact that they're putting him in there over a guy like Brett Toth really tells you what they really feel. And I think he's not even the guy ready to go for that position either. So it's going to be one of those things where they're either going to slide a lot of protection. If I'm the Eagles, I'm going to go ahead, especially with Reddick not being the biggest guy at linebacker. I think a way to settle in prior is just to run straight at straight at Reddick. Go go ahead and wear him down at first overall, and then once you not you frustrate him, you frustrate him by go ahead and you see that physical ground game. Then you go ahead and you not only have the tight end, you're gonna need, you're probably going to need a tight end to go ahead and help Pryor out with Reddick when he's on that side. It's going to be you're going to need one. So I think that's what they're going to have to they're going to, have to either slide it. And you're right when it comes to going to the left side, a lot of bootlegs I think are going to have to happen that way. But it's going to be – it might be an adventure if, if Reddick was able to do what he did against the Giants and he's got prior now to go against. They're going to have to give him a lot of help or, and, and not just the occasional chip by San, uh, Miles Sanders or Boston Scott coming out the backfield. They're going to have to find a way. They're probably going to have to keep a tight end to that side just to make sure things are okay with them. And my guess is they'll promote or elevate Jordan Howard from the practice squad. He's pretty good in pass protection. Uh, they're going to need it. Um, and what I'll say is this, as we get into this preview for the Cardinals, another reason other than Matt Pryor, that I think this is a Jalen Hurts run the football game is the Cardinals play man coverage more than any team in the league, which means their backs are going to be turned to the quarterback. That is prime real estate kiddos. Um, I believe, uh, Cynthia, Cynthia Freeland on NFL network said that they give up the fourth most yards to, uh, quarterbacks on the ground this year Jalen Hurts is going to have room to run and they're going to have to play keep away ball from from the Cardinals offense they're going to have to attack this team look Patrick Peterson's still very good you can attack Drake or Patrick a ton um with Alshon Jeffrey but if who yeah him uh, I mean, you can try it. I mean, Drake or Patrick's a pretty physical corner. Um, he's not very good, but he's a physical corner. Um, and look, Peterson can't really run like he used to. So maybe you attack him with Jalen Rager. This is going to be an interesting game because I feel like no matter what, it's going to be close, no matter who wins this one. And the Eagles have historically struggled against the Cardinals out in Glendale. So um, as we get into our preview, look, I think this is a game where Jalen Hurts has to use his gifts. Um, I don't think that there's enough tape on him to just be like, yeah, we can shut him down. Um, Jordan Hicks might spy on him. I think that would be my move if I were the Cardinals. But I think that's going to open up lanes for the running game. I think it's going to open up crossing routes for the, for the receivers. I think this could be a big game for the tight ends. Um, as you said, I think there's going to be quite a bit of 12 personnel on offense. What do you, how do you, how would you attack, attack the Cardinals? If I'm doing that, cause you're, you're right. I th- really think Hicks is going to go ahead and spy him. I wouldn't mind. We haven't seen the Eagles run a lot of this, but I wouldn't mind running a sprint draw. I really think that could be a good way to go. Cause you're going to use the Cardinals aggressiveness against them. I want to go ahead. Since knowing that the, they're going to be worried about the passing with, uh, with Hertz. I think they're going to be able to do that. They're going to do that. I'm going to go ahead, probably roll out. You're, going to, you're expecting to roll out with 
with uh, Jalen Hurts. I'm going to go ahead and roll out and then have, give it to Sanders and have him do a, like a sprint counter draw in a way. I think that could be a really effective game because you'll have all the Cardinals flowing in one direction and then you'll have the you have Sanders going back the opposite direction toward the strength of the offensive line with Mylotta and Sayamalu. So I think something like that, when you're also right and it goes that way too, you not only just try to neutralize Reddick, you also take care of uh, Hicks with that spy, and then you go ahead on the backside, run out the back way to your better run blocker. So I think that's one way to do it. I wouldn't mind say I think they they you mentioned Rager. I think that would be a good time to take a shot with him. I really want to see if uh we 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 mentioned him, and I wonder if he's caught up when it in, in a classroom like you reported last week. I want to see. I think this is a John Hightower game if he's ready to go. Because you put him in, and I think you put him in a slot, and you wrap running the go route, or you put even if you put on the outside, him versus Peterson, and you just lay him up. I'll take the risk right there for it. Maybe P- Peterson draws a pass interference, and then you got a big chunk play right there as well too. So he's one way I go. And then you mentioned Jordan Howard. I think Boston Scott could be actually another good guy as well too. I, I mean, looking at looking at the tape of what I've seen in the Cardinals, I'm not feeling too. If I'm the Cards, I'm not feeling too confident on the ability to go ahead and cover the, the running backs in the backfield. So I think Sanders and Scott could have a good day, personally, I think. So I think a lot of wheel routes. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a couple sprint draws, and and I think that's where the Eagles can go ahead and take advantage of this defense. Now, on defense, this is a cluster ready to happen. Now, Darius Slay, we brought up, uh, could be playing in this game. That would be huge for the Eagles. Uh, a lot's been made about how Harry Roseman didn't trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Well, he can quiet a lot of people if Darius Slay has a good game here. Uh, Slay has kind of run the gambit of going up against guys like Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf. Like, he is really putting himself out there. And while head injury isn't, isn't good, of course, he physically should be okay if he's cleared. I know he's been dealing with a calf and knee injury, but it seems like those aren't really concerns right now. Um, So he'll be able to run with Hopkins um, and he's getting in a little bit of practice, which is a good sign. Uh, Look, they're going to have to make a serious decision about Jalen Mills, whether Darius Slay plays or not, because Avante Maddox is almost definitely going to miss this game. And look, as much as, uh, he has developed as a safety, and as much as people don't think he's a very good corner, he is probably their second best healthy per- person in the secondary, and he can play corner. So chances are they're going to put him in the secondary with Nicole Roby Coleman against Larry Fitzgerald in the slot, and you know Kirk Cousin or uh, Christian Kirk against um, Jalen Mills, or maybe they just play sides. But this seems like a game where you're going to play a lot of zone. Um, because Kyler Murray is so mobile and you don't want to have your back to him. Um, plus, if you can kind of figure out the safety, the safety group's going to need help themselves. It's probably going to be uh, second-year safety Marcus Epps and rookie uh, Kayvon Wallace as the starting safeties. You're going to need to give them help. So that's why I just think zone, maybe a cover two or a cover three look pretty regularly is the move, even if you really do want Darius Slay to, to travel around with Hopkins. Where, what's your take on that? Yeah, zone's going to be best because not only that way you can go ahead and you get to see where Murray's going as well, too. So that's not bad as well, too. And you mentioned the safeties as well. I think that's going to be the uh, key. That's going to be the key. I think 
giving them something that they don't have too many looks to go ahead, not too many looks to go ahead and try to key on. I think that's going to be very, very important because, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is just looking at the secondary, just going salivating like all the different combinations he can run with Hopkins and Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. I mean, Fitzgerald may not be the same guy that he was five, 10 years ago, but he still can be effective. He still gets you still a good possession receiver. And DeAndre Hopkins, we all know what he's able to do. So it's going to be tough. Especially, uh, I'm more. I, I'm surprised that Nickel Roby Coleman played as well as he did last week, and he, the Eagles are going to definitely need him to go ahead and play at that level again. I'm, I'm really. I, I have no. I don't really fear the Cardinals running attack, rushing attack. So I think they'll be fine there. It's really going to be if it's going to be simplifying them and minimizing how those big plays that Murray's able to make with his feet is make and making him so frustrated that he has to go ahead and take the five, six yard, six yard gains that he can do via the air. I mean, this is going to be one of those things where I think it's going to be an old school Jim, uh, Jim Schwartz. I keep doing that. The old school Jim Schwartz defense, two completely different guys where they're going to keep bending. It's going to be a lot of bending and then they're going to try to, Make sure they go ahead and sacrifice on th- uh, go ahead and sell out on third down, and then they're on the goal line area. So that's why I think it's going. That's that's another reason why this game is going to be really really close. Well, and I think the game plan here is going to be pressure to contain and not pressure to sack. Don't be surprised if you don't see very big sack numbers in this game. Uh, very similar to Lamar Jackson, the Eagles don't don't want they want to cage him. They don't want to. Uh, corral him because if you try to corral him maybe he uses his arm to throw the ball downfield maybe you miss and then it's a big play um that would also help with zone now the issue with facing kyler murray is you say to yourself well the cardinals have these three really terrific wide receivers why don't you play more dime coverage well what if murray takes off um yeah and 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 like you i'm not that just like worried about Kenyon Drake I do think Chase Edmonds is a good player um they'll have him well scouted uh Andrew Briner uh the offensive analyst coached him at Fordham um but I I just kind of think like this one's a tough one because either they'll shut this they'll figure out a way to kind of do what they did with Taysom Hill where they again they they rush to contain uh, and not necessarily to sack. They did get there. I think the defensive tackles are the guys to really watch here because if you can shut down running lanes and shut down passing lanes with their big bodies up front, uh, it's going to be tough because you know how much Larry Fitzgerald likes to run crossers. You know that uh, Kirk is a post runner. You know that uh, DeAndre Hopkins can win on double moves. And if there's a safety help helping, it's going to be more difficult to get that ball out if you've got pressure right in your face and you have to move out of the pocket. So um, what do you have the score being in this one? Well, they, they, the Eagles don't play well when they're out in Arizona for some reason. I think they're like two of eight in the last 10 to get out there. And I think the last time they won was like, I want to say 2001, I think it was. Yeah, so I have the uh, Cardinals beating the Eagles 24 to 17. How about I you? Ha- I have it uh, Cardinals winning 30 to 26. Now, let's say they win this game, okay? Here's what they need to happen. They need to be able to defeat... So, so basically, <laughs> the, right now, the, the Redskins are... Or, sorry, not the Redskins, Washington, excuse me, uh, are 6-7. and seven. 
they need Washington to be um, seven and seven in week 17 to have a shot. Um, because if they beat them, then they, or no, sorry. They need them to be seven and eight going into, right? But my math six, six and eight. That'd be, uh, six yeah, they need to be nine. six. Or they have to be six and eight to, to get into this thing. Right. So the Eagles essentially need to win out to have seven wins. Okay, that's the bottom line. Um, the second they get their ninth loss, they're basically done. Unless Washington completely bombs out and the Giants bomb out. That's why it's so difficult to achieve this this playoff. But, but there's, look, they're in it. I mean, they are. Uh, we've seen weirder things happen. We've seen them get help and get into the playoffs before. We've seen them beat Washington to get into the playoffs. So... Uh, this will be an interesting thing. Um, I mean, obviously we both have the Cardinals winning, but we also had the Saints winning last week. So maybe they'll, they'll surprise us. Um, (laughs) and you can follow along with us on Sunday at four o'clock, um, Eagles extra. You can sign up for it on nj.com slash text. You can download the no huddle show podcast, wherever podcasts are available for Chris. I'm Mike. We'll talk to you soon.